This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome to Fiesta Watch, your number one source for League of Legends news, updates in the competitive scene. I am your host, Noah Walter, and joining me as always is my lovely co-host, Wyatt Lyles. Wyatt, how you doing? I'm doing pretty good. I'm doing pretty good. Feeling energized, ready to talk about all these finals that we had going on. Excellent. And to look at how badly my predictions went and uh, to just kind of cry about that a little bit. But, nice. Yeah, I like that. Know. I like that one a lot. Uh, yeah, you you like my tears, the salty tears? I, I like your enthusiasm. You know, last week was kind of a sleepy podcast. But, a little bit, but, little now, bit. but now that uh, everything's kind of over and, and we've gotten some sleep under our belts, we can, we're, we can bring a level of intensity and energy to these recaps that the finals delivered. Such as Definitely. in LCK, where SKT absolutely stomped KT 3-0. to zero. That was, that was a disappointing your... chapter in the telecom wars. It sure. really was. Oh, man. I mean, because we both, you know, looking at our predictions, we both thought that that was going to be a 3-2, just based on the fact that uh, KT is a good team. They played, they ended the, se- the season really well, and they took it to SKT in the regular season during the, the first two rounds of the Telecom Wars, but I don't know what happened. I mean, playoff mode was certainly activated for SKT, especially having them not played for, what, two weeks, I think it was, between mm-hmm. the end of the split and, and this game, this series. So the fact that they were able to bring this level uh, against KT was really surprising. Also, can we talk about my boy Peanut? You were trying to downplay him so bad. Hey, look. And I kept mentioning that series, and he went off in this series. Look, all I'm saying is that he, he occasionally showed some inconsistencies that could be exploited. Okay? <laughs> okay? Get off they, my d- back. They damn sure did not get exploited in this match, though. Mm-hmm, for sure. He um, was doing the exploiting. Yeah, he he... Like, honestly... I feel comfortable just saying every one of SKT's lanes won their matchup. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Like, was there any like, what was the, who is the weakest? Who is the MVP for you in your mind for SKT? We'll go, we'll go uh, with the strongest. I think the strongest definitely was Peanut, just because he. I mean, like you said, I mean, I'll admit he does show some inconsistency sometimes, uh, and you know he's not always the best. But 
the way he showed up and just kind of carried the team from the jungle was really good to see because people, especially because, you know, they've been going back and forth with the jungle sometimes. Um, so it was nice to see that he was able to pick it up. Um, the weakest, uh, I'd probably say the weakest might have been in the top lane. Okay. And not that it was bad by any means, but just that it was more so just kind of there. Like there wasn't anything that, you know, he kind of did that was over the top that really made himself notice, but he just kind of did his job and that was it. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. What do you think? What do you think? Um, yeah, it's hard to agree, disagree with Peanut. And, you know, I think not even necessarily that SKT's top lane played poorly, but, like, yeah. if Peanut's going off, the bot lane's winning, and Faker's winning, it's like, what do you have to do? You just exist. So exactly, yeah, exactly. Just keep on trucking, and you should be good to go. And, that, you know, and that's what he did. And there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, there's nothing wrong with just kind of putting your head down and, and just doing you and just basically all he had to do was not lose his lane and they were fine and that's what he did so you know nothing wrong with that but i mean i guess that just shows how good skt is as a team that they can just kind of he can sleepwalk through an entire series basically and they'd be fine right but yeah i think that's enough enough for the lck we'll see yeah there isn't much more to say there (laughs) yeah we'll see skt at msi well which we'll get to in a bit uh, let's shift here gears here to uh, the Europe European LCS, actually, uh, because I want to save LPL for last so we can get a prediction yeah, on certainly. finals. Because we uh, last week we kind of had a we were rushed to try and predict the outcome of the grand finals, and fortunately for us, we can't. For I misread the schedule. Let me be clear, I misread the schedule, <laughs> and I apologize for that. So we'll have predictions and analysis for that today. But in EU, Wyatt, you said Misfits would take a three-one win over Fnatic. I did. I did. I said Fnatic and, would take 3-2. Both of us were wrong, but you were more so wrong. So can you talk to us about what happened? You know, this the what happened in this series was basically what happened to Fnatic and Misfits both in the uh, semifinal series is, you know, they looked really strong and then just went out with a whimper. So I don't know what happened with Misfits in the series. Well, part of the problem was that they gave Reckless uh, Kennen in all three games, which... I mean, granted, Kinnon is not a thing for most people, but it damn sure is for Reckless. So I don't know why they kind of left that open. Maybe they thought if he goes off, we can stop the rest of them. But that really didn't work out too well for them. So there definitely was a bit of a disappointment there. But I think overall, Misfits was such a huge surprise, this split for me. I know it was for a lot of people. So still hats off to them for a really good split. But certainly, yeah, messed up my prediction game. I mean, my prediction game was already destroyed by the time we got to this point. But still annoying to see my prediction go so wrong now let's let's clarify for a second here do you think misfits had a good season or or did they benefit from being the second or (coughs) the least weak member of their group in the regular season um i don't know i still think that they had a good season overall okay Okay. I'm sticking with it. I'm sticking with it. Because I, I really liked what I saw from them this season. Just because I think I didn't really have a lot of expectations coming from them. So I'm still going to give them give them a positive season overall. Okay. Okay. Just just, uh, just some food for thought. Yeah, certainly. Certainly. Right. But yeah, uh, Fnatic. <coughs> Sorry, I'm coughing. I, you know, I'm doing my thing. Uh, a little sick right now. But <laughs> It's all good. We're pushing through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're pushing through. This is the end game here. Uh, Fnatic looks really strong. Uh, Misfits kind of just looked lost. Hopefully Misfits can kind of bounce back uh, next split. 
because I think if they can continue their form and from the regular season into playoffs and they maintain their current level of play right now in the groups uh, in the next split, then they'll be able to make it to Worlds. At least get into I have a good uh, shot at winning through Gauntlet, right? Agreed. Yeah, I agree with that. I love to see them at Worlds. And in Grand Finals, G2, 3-1 to over UOL. Everybody saw this coming. Wyatt and I both nailed this one with accurate yep. predictions to give us two points each. And <coughs> G2 got their own mascot. So UOL lost in everything, really. Yeah. <laughs> like, they, G2 gave them yeah. nothing. Oh, it was brutal. Yeah. It was really bad. I mean, you know, Unicorns had that one, the one win, which we figured, you know, the three zero seemed like it could happen, but in the finals, you never, you never want to see a three zero in the finals. So you always want to kind of think that they'll pull out a game, and that's what they did. Yeah, and they looked pretty good in that game. And you know, people were thinking maybe we we're going to see, um, you know, a, re- a reverse sweep or something like that. But nah. it just, you know, after that, that one game, G two just kind of had to let them, you know, feel good about themselves, and then they brought them right back down to earth. And, and just kind of snuffed them out. So I don't even now think, the I, hits interrupt. I don't even think UL looked that good in their win. I think True. they exploited in a weak G two early game. Yeah, where, where they made a couple of boneheaded mistakes and really outplayed themselves basically across the map. And, and that's very Love is a good enough team to where if you give them a lead like that, they'll be able to take. They'll be able to stay on top of it. And there are a couple times where G two threatened to come back, but UL eventually closed it out. But to me. This is watching, similar to watching SKT, KT, only like on a completely different skill level, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, yeah, lower skill level, but kind of similar Clearly matchups. a team that was way better way better prepared, who, who yeah. had a clear edge over their opponents in this final. So Exactly. And we'll see. Now the thing is going to be to see how G2 does oh, MSI. I mean, the greatest, we'll get the, the we'll greatest get... meme. That, <laughs> if, if, if G2 uh, somehow go 0 and 5 or whatever in groups again, or whatever, whatever they went last time. I yeah, I think that. it was 0-5. Yeah, it was 0-5. Oh, my God. That would... Pitiful. That would be legendary. It would. It would. I'd almost want to see them do it again just so they can say that, hey, we went 0-5 and back-to-back MSIs. <laughs> uh, we went on vacation again, lads. Okay, moving on to North America. Let's do it. Uh, in the third place match, both series were very entertaining, I must say. Awesome, mm-hmm. uh, awesome action emanating from Vancouver. But uh, both Wyatt and myself predicted that P1 would take out FlyQuest 3-1. to It was much closer than anybody anticipated. It was, it was a chaotic series, but in the end, Phoenix 1 prevailed 3-2 to to lock up third place, which is pretty important considering that next season, when... when and I'm quoting Bjergsen in his uh, finals, post-finals interview. He said most organizations care more about summer. So having third place now, when most teams are going to be putting in... 100% of their effort, and maybe we'll see roster changes come up in the summer, mm-hmm. is really important for getting a good spot in the gauntlet or trying to qualify through points. Because I highly doubt Cloud9 and TSM at this point are not going to qualify for Worlds. But that's way, that's way far off. Let's just stick with the here and now. Wyatt, yeah. talk to me about P1 versus FlyQuest. What are your big takeaways from that from that series? I think the biggest takeaway for me is that P1 kind of is the team that we thought they were. You know, going into the finals or going into the playoffs, we saw them make a really good run and kind of come up out of nowhere, you know, yeah. and, and complete their their run from coming from the uh, promotion tournament last split to being you know all the way here in the playoffs now. It, so it's, it's amazing what Arrow and and Ryu can do. It, yeah, I mean it, it's crazy. They you know they picked them up from Korea and they have just you know hit the ground running in this split. 
and they were really good. I mean, certain, you know, they only, they got third place, so they weren't able to make it all the way into the finals. But the fact that they were able to even get into that third place match, I mean, kudos and hats off to them. And I'm really hoping for a lot from them um, next season. But, you know, right now they, they did really good. They ended the season with a bang and FlyQuest continued to disappoint. Um, you know, it was really sad to see them start off so well and kind of catch everybody off guard and then just out of nowhere, um, just kind of fall flat on their face. And that continued in this series. I mean, granted, it was a close series, but still it was not the greatest ending for, for that team. Right, for sure. Um, How did you feel about this series? I thought P1 looked far too weak to be considered consistent. I'm kind of worried for them now. Granted, okay. they will have rookie uh, – their rookies will grow up because they've mm-hmm. had a rookie support for basically the entire second half of the split. Yeah. Um, Nori seems to be settling into his role. And I've got to say he's looking pretty good. I thought he was, one mm-hmm. of, he was definitely a high note of this series. Yeah, certainly. We didn't get any jump uh, jump scares or surprises like we did in the grand finals. Where? Oh man! Oh my God! The grand finals! Wow, this was a series. <laughs> this was this is the history of TSM versus C9 in a nutshell. Basically, yeah. So game God. one, game one. Which is, uh, oh, how man. how what was uh, what was the result of game one? Do you remember? TSM uh, one. TSM one, yeah. Twenty-four minute game or something. Right? Yeah. Twenty no twenty-eight Stomping. minute. Twenty-eight minute. Stomping. Right. Game two. TSM even faster. Yeah. And they're just getting solo kills in every lane. It's just like, oh my god, TSM is strong. Yeah, I mean they they jumped out. They had like what you know like twelve kills within the first like ten minutes or first like eight minutes something like that. Like this it was is, ridiculous. This was gonna be like a two and a half, a two and a half hour maybe even like two hour final. It's just yeah, like, for real. Hello? It was looking. Yeah, <laughs> oh, I was like, "This is SKT and KT all over again." That's but that's the length of a best greater degree. That you're, that's the length of a best of three. Guys, calm down. Yeah. <laughs> and then um, and then and then all hell broke loose. <laughs> and then the the, the 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 C9 got their plot armor back on. They took a series. Oh, they took a they took a game. They took a game and and then took another game in then... dominant fashion. Game four with yeah. stomp. And I think and I think that was the thing that was most surprising the fact that it went from it wasn't you know like the first two games were close or it wasn't like the first four games were really super close you know it was one team completely dominating on either side and then the last game being really close you know and going all the way until the final moments but that's what I think was the most surprising part for me is just that it was so lopsided up until that game five. And I mean, I guess that kind of makes sense for, for a grand final, just because you have these teams that do have tendencies to, to go on dominant streaks. So, right. You know, it makes sense, but it still was just kind of crazy to see, you know? Absolutely. And then TSM pulled out on top three to two, giving Noah two out of two points for a perfect grand finals prediction. I somehow saw this bullshit coming where CSM, whereas Wyatt missed out on TSM's victory, victory by calling it a 3-1 thus only earning one point we will reiterate though this grand finals was amazing to watch it had a lot going it was on great it. yeah i mean it's crazy that you know if you look back to last spring's finals when it was you know 3-2 but with clg winning and even that game came down to a final team fight so it seems like the tsm was kind of able to avenge their loss i think a little bit last from the spring split because you know that one was one that certainly haunted them for a while because it was one team fight that just kind of completely turn that match 
and they were able to take that this time and, and get themselves to win and, and get that first place for the split. So, you know, good job, TSM, closing off another strong split. And we'll uh, we'll see what they do at, at MSI. Yeah, looking forward to seeing them. Um, now, moving on to the LPL. We're going to run through this really quickly. RNG took a 3-1 win over EDG. EDG is still a strong team. RNG is simply stronger. They are on another level, I think. And they were they kind of exposed EDG for being yeah. only, only able to play like one style, right? Exactly. Okay. WWE versus OMG. Wyatt called the 3-1 for OMG. I called the 3-1 for WWE. I'll tell you why I was right. WWE had Condi, who is one of the best early, uh, junglers in the LPL, at providing his, all of his lanes early pressure. Like, he distributes it fairly evenly. And I just think overall, WWE's mid laner just played better. Right, and if your jungler is playing better yeah. and your mid laner is playing better, and in such a team fight and and mid game dominant region like LPL is, you're simply mm-hmm. not gonna have a good time. And yeah, I mean, yeah, LPL, you certainly have to know how to team fight because with the number of PSs that go on in this place, you know, if you can't team fight, then that you're not gonna be able to get very far. Right, and that's and, why you know that's why people love China. It's because they yeah they, their macro play isn't necessarily that good, but their team fighting is amongst the best in the world. Exactly. So it's a joy to watch. Um, in the third place matchup, EDG took a three to two series win, and boy, this was a series. <laughs> this uh, boy, another five game series. Uh, OMG yeah. fought hard. EDG fought hard too. Uh, good series though. Yeah, good series. Uh, a lot of team fighting. A lot of team fighting. There was a fair amount of. I can't remember if it was Kled or one of the other weird top laners, but there there's a bunch of uh. The series really revolved around the top lane for me. Ultimately, I think EDG had more momentum going into Game 5. They had yeah. a stronger performance. They had more stamina, it seemed, than uh, their opponents. And that's why they were able well, to... Well, yeah, it wasn't this... This was a series that was played... Was it played by itself, or was there the one where this was, like, the second series of the day? No, this was a this was an entire day. Oh, it was just an entire day by itself? Okay. Yeah. So never mind, because I was going to say maybe OMG was just tired, but... Yeah, this yeah, was the series mind. where it was no like excuse. 4 o'clock, and I was like, hell yeah, dude, we're going to get to sleep so early. And then... Oh, that's right, yeah, and then... And nope! Then, yeah, nope. <laughs> uh, so yeah, Jeez. going into Grand Finals, RNG, WE, bang, group number one in both groups. They meet, they're yeah. meeting here. Who do you got? I'm going to go with RNG. You know, that was the pick that I said last week in that, that split second where we were like, okay, you know, who are you going to go for? And, you know, I went with RNG. They, you know, they both did finish top of their group, but I just feel that RNG is just a stronger team. They seem to be playing at a higher level right now. Yep. So, you know, WE is good. You know, they had the nice 3-1 win over OMG, but like, you know, we've established OMG is not the greatest team in the world. So that, you know, that's not really a huge win to hang your hat on. So definitely going with RNG. I'm going to say 3-1. It's a safe prediction. But every time I go with something other than that, I'm usually wrong. Um, Actually, well, in both of the NA series, I said 3-1. And I lost both of those. But you know what? Damn it. I'm sticking with 3-1. <laughs> <laughs> um, It's so difficult not to agree with you. I think you hit every point that needs to be said and and just if you've been watching the lpl this split you'll you'll know that we struggles yeah sometimes they they sometimes they drop games they shouldn't 
And when teams play RNG, it's like they're fighting. It feels like they're fighting giants, and it's an unfair matchup, you know. Yeah, they're very much the SKT of China. So, I'm I mean, not still gonna say three two, however, because I think okay. while RNG is more consistent of the two teams, WE's highs when they're firing on all cylinders, when they're at maximum efficiency, I think is better than RNG. But RNG is the more consistent team, right? Got it. That's and, and they have more, and they're able to last longer in games where they're losing like but like i said three to two to rng rng still has more talent they're more consistent and they're you can't break them they are indomitable you can you can slow them down but they will take you out so i'm predicting rng to move on to msi in brazil this is going to be a fun tournament i'm really excited how about you it is there's gonna be a lot of good teams there i've a lot of teams this is i think it's gonna be the most uh the most amount of teams in any out of any of the msi events in the past because you're including all eight wildcard teams in a play-in format uh, can you describe for the viewers a little bit about what this entails yeah so the play-in format um basically before we get to the main juicy parts of msi we're going to start off with a play-in round so it's going to have two groups we've got group a group b four teams in each group and they're going to go for um they're going to be doing like a round robin style where they're going to play each team in their group. And then um, from there, uh, whoever makes it out of those will be able to go into the actual rounds that matter. Mm -hmm. And that's where, um, well, actually, after that, they'll go into round two and three of the playing stage where they'll play, uh, where TSM and Flash Wolves are already waiting. So um, the top team from that group, or I guess only one team from each group will come out. And then they will go against TSM and Flash Wolves. And then we'll see who from there is going to actually make it to the actual group stage of MSI, to which there's only going to be, there'll be six teams, G2 and SKT, and the winner of LPL will be waiting in those. You know what would be terrifying? If TSM doesn't make it to the, to the final group. That would be terrifying, honestly. That would suck so bad. That would be, oh my we God. We would have no NA representative. Because I'm going to say right now, Flash Wolves are looking so strong coming into this. Like, that's true. I mean, they went granted, to they, Europe and beat every European team, every top European team, convincingly. Very true. It's very true. Although, and, I mean, they don't have to, because um, they're not playing against Flash Wolves in their first series. So TSM will get. I'm one assuming of the, TSM can beat uh, one of these, any of these wild. They should be able to beat any of these like wild card teams, and that will that will put them straight into the group stages. So. You know, all they got to do is win against one of these wildcard teams. But, you know, things happen. You know, stranger things have happened for sure. So, right. you know, anything can, can really go wrong. I mean, you, you would hope that nothing's going to go wrong just with how strong TSM has been playing, you know, with all of their lanes being kind of the best in the region, uh, which we'll talk about in a little bit as yep. far as that MVP. But, mm. you know, they've, they've got really strong lanes and – you know, looking at the teams, I have no idea who any of these teams are. Um, <laughs> so all of these wildcard teams, no idea. So, you know, I'll have to watch the first couple of days of these group stages so I can see who the hell these people are and if they're actually any good. But, uh, I mean, granted, they're they're the best in their respective regions, so they're going to be good, but it's just going to be interesting to see how they match up against the juggernauts that we know from all the other regions. But... Hopefully we get TSM and and then we will have an NA representative. And right. Hopefully they'll do well in the actual you know main group stage of MSI. Right. 
I'm gonna jump in really quick when we're talking about the wild cards. Leon Gaming has been there like every time, and that's the only reason I know them is because they are consistently in this tournament, <laughs> right? They're consistently yeah. the uh, the the qualifier from I believe Latin America North. Hopefully, uh, yeah, I think so. I believe that's right. Yeah, yeah. there we go. Yep. Just double double checking because don't want to create work for our editor. It doesn't exist. <laughs> um, but yeah, apart from that, like I don't know any of these teams, but I'm excited to see what they bring to the table. Last time uh, we had an international event, Albus Nox Luna obviously had an amazing run, and they're not even in this tournament. They got they got knocked out, apparently. I think they got third or something? Yeah, that's crazy. It's crazy to Which, me that they were so good at Worlds, and then they went back to the region and just got spanked, basically. Yeah, and, and so CS, see who knows what's going on with the CIS. Hopefully, uh, hopefully the team that came from there, the uh, legendary organization VP, Virtus Pro, will look pretty strong. But again, we just have to cross our fingers and hope that remains. Um, yep. Let's move on from competitive talk. Let's talk a little bit. Actually, before we do, let's talk about the MVP controversy in North America. Oh yes, let's do that. Let's do that. Okay. So, <laughs> who is going to be your who? Who did you think? Who did you vote for? Even our votes aren't counted to clarify, but they who, should be. The I, votes of Fiesta Watch should 100% be counted for this thing. Hey, media representative, somebody at Riot, contact us. <laughs> But yeah, um, my MVP. I think I was gonna go with Arrow just okay. because he he was very good, and he especially the thing that a lot of people I don't think you know some people get rose colored glasses when it comes to MVP awards. You know, just because you're a very good player does not mean that you should win the MVP because the MVP means that you're the most valuable player to that specific team. Right. You know, you help that specific team be better. So that means. You know, the MVP doesn't have to come from the team that is the best in the league. I'm right. sure that does happen sometimes. I mean, with, you know, the teams that Seth Curry or LeBron are on, those are generally the best teams in the league. But if you look at some of the other MVP candidates every season in the NBA, it comes from a team who is not the best. And even in the past, there have been people on teams that don't even make the playoffs that get MVP awards in in the um, in both the NFL and in, in the NBA. So, I think that's something that a lot of people don't realize, and certainly the TSM fans don't realize that because and some TSM fans are a little bit. That's you know, every that's TSM fans at any time ever when TSM when everybody isn't talking about TSM. I'm gonna be honest. True, I've been a true. TSM fan since season two, and it's and I don't want to <laughs> say that the the fan base is toxic. I think it's a fun community. I like supporting TSM as an organization. I realize that they don't uh, necessarily take care of their own outside of League of Legends, but within League of Legends, it's very hard not to pull for TSM. When they yeah. are, they they have been the most competitive, and I think the most willing, the the most cutting edge of any of the organizations, uh, in terms of League of Legends. They were on the they're always on the forefront of the North American scene, and uh, I'm obviously proud to be in the NA region, even though historically we've never really been rewarded with that love with any kind of international results. Yeah. Of note, feels bad, man. But <laughs> hey, we won an IEM or two. It's good enough for me. There you go. Um, I also agree, though. Arrow should have won. Uh, if yeah. without him, P, if if P one had just an average AD carry and not Arrow, they don't make it the they don't win the two seed. I think they struggle to qualify for the six seed. Or not agreed. Six seed. That's pretty. That's rough. Five seed. We'll say they struggle to qualify for the five seed. Yeah, I think. Yeah, they would have made it into the playoffs. I'm sure. Um, but it would have been a lot tougher, and they definitely wouldn't have had the success that they did at least early on in the playoffs. Uh, and even in that third place match. So, 
certainly, you know, got to give him the MVP. And also for his tweet after he won, oh, yeah. best tweet ever. You guys, please go look up the tweet that he made after he won the MVP. It has a lot of caps. It's got some spaces in there, which is not something you it's normally see in English. It's uh, it's the best. It is, it's a very Korean tweet, I swear. It's like a very... <laughs> you know, very Korean in America kind of tweet where he's, you know, he's fully breaking into our culture and embracing the haters and just, just uh, feasting on the, he's, on those salty He's the teams. Korean double lift and he's here. Yes. Yes. He is here. He's and he here. is here to stay. We made another toxic 80 carry. Uh, <laughs> we did it. Best why are all of our NBA stars toxic or European? But, um, <laughs> uh, feels bad, man. Uh, Really quick, before we head out for the day, let's talk a little bit about the new champions. I think they've been out long enough for everybody to kind of get a sense of them, a feel of them. Let's talk about Rakan and Zaya. What do you think of them? Uh, do you want to talk I about them I love them, them individual- so much. Like, the, the, okay, I mean, let's talk about them as like a, a as individuals first. Yeah. And then we'll talk about the, the pairing together. Uh, so, so, I mean... Let's start with Zaya. Let's start with Zaya, the AD carry. Zaya, okay. So, I mean, individually, they're good. I mean, they're, they're you can't deny that they have a lot of strengths. Um... I'm not gonna kind of claim to be the best League of Legends player or have the most in-depth knowledge, but yeah, even but I can see. We, we watch professional games that because we can't play them. So like exactly. It's, it's so I mean, yeah. calm down, internet. So you know, I'm not. You know, I I don't play enough as much as I would like to. I don't even. I haven't hit hit level thirty yet, so I can't even play ranked games to tell you that I'm probably gonna be like the lowest rank of bronze that you can find. Mm-hmm. Um, but still, I can see that there's a lot of good parts of both of these champions, and I think they're they're strong on their own. And especially with Zaya, the part that I like the most about his mechanics is just the her? the her? whole her her sorry her excuse me. Hey, um, <laughs> the most the thing I like most about her mechanics are is the uh, the feathers that she leaves behind the ones because I think it creates such a different aspect to the game. Um, it, it makes positioning a lot, a lot more, uh, prominent. So you have to be technically sound. You have to be positionally sound. So it's not going right. to be when playing against Zaya. when playing against. Yeah. Because you have to make sure that you're not in range of those feathers. Cause she can, you know, just hit the E and then bring all those feathers, you know, slicing right through your, your champion. Does so tons of damage is a crowd control. Like it, it's, it's, it, I agree. I think the feather mechanic is really cool in terms of, uh, and for context, I'm not the greatest uh, player either. But I am a <laughs> when I do play, I'm a bot lane specialist, uh, and I usually duo with a friend who's uh, decently good AD carry, and a game designer who's hoping to crack into the world. Not saying he's applying for Riot, but he's a pre- <laughs> pretty pretty smart dude when it comes to these competitive games. And we and I play with her a bunch, and I can say Zaya is amazing against slow team compositions. What I mean by that is when she's against a tank top or a, like a, a somewhat bruisery top in a control jungle, uh, like Zach, for example, she can not only use the ultimate to dodge all of that damage and incoming crowd control and, re- and basically reset a fight, but she can kite these things so easily with thanks to the movement speed coming from her W and her amazing E, which we've talked about already. I think yeah. she's almost like a reverse Callista. Whereas with Callista, you have to keep track of your positioning in relation to other players. Yeah. Whereas uh, against Zaya, you have to keep track of your positioning in regards to the map around you, where you are, where you're standing, where the feathers are, and where Zaya yeah. is, because she can pull them globally, which doesn't yeah, seem exactly. like it does matter. But sometimes 
there was a team fight 20 minutes ago that, or not 20 minutes ago, like there was a skirmish 20 seconds ago you forgot in the mid lane and you're walking up and she recalls everything and it's like, wait, the thing's behind me, shit. So, and yeah, the, exactly. The so. feather cooldown isn't that long either, but like it's happened to me more than once or twice. So, <laughs> yeah, so I'm very excited to see, you know, how this champion performs professionally. Um, we have, you know, it hasn't, that patch hasn't hit any of the leagues yet. Hopefully think, it does soon because yeah, I hope that M MSI we should see these right. I don't know. I don't know about that. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe because it's starting pretty soon. I don't know if they've cleared it with, uh, because uh, China hasn't locked in a representative yet. Oh, that's hopefully, true. Hopefully, but true. but they don't play until the final round. So hopefully they do because I want to see Rakan. Rakan is really yes. Rakan. Let's is talk insane. about Rakan. Rakan is insane. I'll let you start. I'll let you start, since you seem very excited to talk about this one. I've played so many <laughs> games with Rakan, and he has not necessarily uh, uh, the support that just automatically wins lane, right? Yeah. It's very mm -hmm. skill-dependent matchups. Oftentimes in lane, you're not even going to be doing that great, right? Uh, now, I've experimented with a couple of builds, and I can confidently say that E max into W second and then Q last is the best build for him, followed with, uh, and, and your starting items are the Ancient Coin rather than the Spell Thief's Edge. You are in melee support, your poke is kind of minimal. It doesn't really do much other than proc a slow that you, uh, a heal that you can give to your AD carry. That being mm -hmm. said, your mobility is insane. Pretend you're Zed, but instead of damage, you have crowd control and utility. That's basically who you, that's basically it. Like, you're dashing around the screen, you can throw in some really slick combos, like W in, try and get a knock-up, Q at point blank, and then E out. And that's your, tr your that can be like a regular trading pattern that you do, that your AD carry can really easily follow up on. Because if you land that knock-up, it's such a nice knock-up, it's, it's a long duration, plenty of time for your AD carry to hit a quick combo, like auto-Q or whatever, and then return to farming and get out. The, it, yeah, the I like it specific. a lot. I mean, especially the the way the way that he moves around the, the the map too. It looks a lot. It's not as quick as a Camille, just because Camille can close ridiculous amounts of distance. But right. But he still has like I mean, he can move really far. Like his E, he can dash very far to to his um, to his teammates. And just like you said, the utility that he well, brings to Zaya you know, in particular, I think. Yeah. That the range to other people who are not Zaya isn't as long, but it's still pretty True. decent. He's very mobile in team fights, though. I'll give him that. He yeah. almost has Lee Sin-like abilities to dodge stuff. And the ultimate yeah. is very, very good. If he can hit, like, a flash ultimate or or a dash ultimate into two or three people, uh, the charm is really good. Your movement speed's amazing. You can cast some of your other abilities while you're using that movement speed buff. And the the, the ultimate's called the quickness, just for those who, uh, who don't know the names off the top of their head. And I think it's going to be really good and pick-worthy if he's allowed in competitive play. I do think... Rakan is the stronger of the two champions. He provides mm -hmm. not only great utility in lane, but he's also the playmaking character that a lot of people need, are looking for right now. Because in the current state of the game, the bottom lane is dominated in the support role by damage mages, or just mm -hmm. straight up utility tanks, right? Yeah. If you definitely. look at if you look at the tanks that are being played competitive right now, who do you got? Like Thresh, who's yeah, just you have a Thresh. Tank. Like Braum, Tom Kench, Bra uh, yeah, Tom Braum's the Braum. only like tank, like true tank support. I consider yeah. that, and even then, it's because Braum's a really good character. And... Yeah, exactly. But even he's not played that much anymore. Like exactly. the support, it's dominated by you know Lulu, 
uh, Ooh, Nami's Karma, here and there. Nami. Karma, Zyra, a Zyra, little bit. Malzar I mean, Zyra was still. Yeah, they're still like they're they're weaker, but they're still in there. Exactly. Uh, yeah, and so I think he's what players like Aframu or Mata are looking for. He's a great playmaker. Uh, mm -hmm. He has a lot of tools, and I'm very excited to see him in pro play. Together, yeah. they're really strong, which creates a really cool uh, competitive dynamic in that will teams be willing to let the two of them go together? Because there is because if you and your because if a team has a good Rakan and a good uh, Zaya, I don't think that lane loses bot lane ever. Yeah, I don't think there's so, a way. So just from draft, you can have a winning lane. Regardless exactly. of skill, it's. I almost compare them to the Aurelian Soul of mid lane, because if you're if you have a good Aurelian Soul and they know when to pick Aurelian Soul into like an uh, a Soul favored matchup, like the other mid laner will never win, even if they pick the lane bully, even if it's like Faker. It's like I'm Aurelian and I know what I'm doing. You just clear the wave and run away, and you go roam. <laughs> like, it's, yeah. It just doesn't matter. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, these two are going to be very strong. I, I'd be hard pressed to see a team let it go. Maybe when they first hit the patch, you know, you might see teams let them get picked together. Um, but I think after a couple games of some team getting their hands on this and completely dominating, there's there's no way that they're going to get them um, together. They certainly will probably be let through quite a bit um, on their own, just because you know some people might be able to play around them, but certainly not together. I don't. Right, and they are, I think, niche viable, but, like, Zaya has a lot of... She doesn't have a lot of good synergy with some of the popular laners right now. Although yeah. I will say in her defense, if the meta ever shifts towards stuff like Taric, she's in a great place. Taric players very well. If you're looking for a solo queue, she's picked the counter, the combo that with. You're very yeah. similar to Rakan, as you have a decent heal, you can provide a shield, and... While your CC isn't necessarily melee range, uh, you your your E can fly out of her, and she's uh, and she can usually stay within stun range. So you land a two uh, two person stun, or at least the double stun. And the yeah. damage that Tarek brings in these early trades really helps buy her space because Zaya in the early game is punished by the fact that her abilities do very little damage she needs bonus a she relies on bonus ad scalings not necessarily ad scalings so it's not until later in the game does she become stronger so a weaker mm -hmm. early game from Zaya is somewhat negated from Tarek if you know what you're doing but that's just that's just me that's just my my theory but i think that's gonna just about do it we've had a long discussion today yeah. but i hope you've enjoyed it i think we've covered basically everything there is the cover about League of Legends. White, if the people of the internet want to find you on Twitter and discuss League of Legends and other esports, where can they find you? They can find me at Wyatt, double underscore RW. Again, don't forget that second underscore. It is so crucial, because if not, you will not talk to me. Mm -hmm. And if you want Where can to they find you at, Noah? Uh, I'm right here. <laughs> you can find right there, me at chilling. RW underscore Noah Walter. Yeah, this, that was my little attempt at humor. How you... <laughs> Why well, it's not a fan of my jokes, but maybe you will be. That's going to be just about to do it for us today. From all of us at Rotowire, we thank you very much for listening and hope you have a great week. Bye, guys.